and at kpfa.org. Please stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is August the 21st, 2018. It's still going on and on and on this morning. I got up, well, I actually didn't get up. I stayed up most of the night this morning. I got up and I looked at uh, the television and on uh, my favorite, favorite show, Turner Classic Movies, TCM. I saw Midsummer Night's Dream, the old one from the 1930s. I couldn't, I couldn't go to bed, so I decided just to... Uh, what is it? Get up, stay up. I I don't know. Lately, uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm not going to lose any sleep over insomnia. Never mind. Anyway, I love it's a nice dream. I took my children to see it once. Oh, years ago when they were high school students, my younger son was in Maybeck. Yes, uh, <laughs> today is Peter's. Yes, my younger son's fifty sixth birthday. My gosh. Ah, 21 August, 56 years ago, who can remember? I just, uh, I just sat there and watched Mickey Rooney playing Puck, and I thought, you know, uh, how, how did he, how did they get that kid? He must have been about nine years old. Uh, he did a little acting turn that I, I've never seen a child do. He was, um, not quite human. He really did play a spirit, Pan, you know, little Mickey Rooney. Victor Jory played Oberon, you know, the the, the king, the king of the fairies. <laughs> Anita Louise was Titania. Oh, gosh, that movie. You got Dick Powell and Olivia de Havilland and all the usual suspects. Uh, I... I guess, I guess I have this terrific nostalgia for the days when Midsummer Night's Dream was, <laughs> was standard fare for high school. Yes, high school play, what'll we do? Midsummer Night's Dream. No way, not anymore, not anymore. I dug in this morning and looked for uh, good stuff from 56 years ago. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, didn't come out very well. Uh, I found uh, 
a notebook here. Let's see. Uh, full of letters from KPFA listeners. It says here, your devoted listener. And she sends me a poem by Elizabeth Bishop. And it's perfect, perfect for an old lady, 84 years old, right? It's called One Art. This is a, a masterpiece by Elizabeth Bishop. I had it posted, I think, when I was a college student. Now, it has, as they say, come true. Elizabeth Bishop wrote, The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost, that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day. Accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. <laughs> then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. <laughs> yes, the full catastrophe, that's what I've got now. Elizabeth Bishop, uh, uh, one of the women who consoled me when I was uh, <laughs> coming into middle age. Got past that, got through that. <laughs> now, I'm simply old. I I found um, journals and novels dating from 56 years ago, and I tried to find something that would uh, be significant now. Significant, you know. And I realized that, of course, they're just things, things. I lost, we lost. Lost them faster. Faster, further. Longing is all that lasts. Light goes quietly, the sea grows dark here down by the caves. There's a great suicidal wail. It lies beached in the moonlight. I'm in Southern California. <laughs> I'm in the sand-strewn caverns of last night. Ah, uh, the town folk cut away the head of the whale. The rest will follow. Nothing goes to waste by the sea. What's left will burn, and that mar fire will glow through the waves, and slowly, slowly an old woman comes. Every night the old woman comes walks by the sea. She's Demeter's mother, Rhea. That's spelled R-H-E-A, folks. Some folks don't know about Demeter's mother. <laughs> She's just one more grandmother. God love the grandmothers. I'm forming a club. <laughs> In the tide pools... Sea snakes hide. 
Demeter gathers the salt weeds at ebb tide. Her mother brings the baskets home again. I don't find a date on that one. I think it was 77. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, 77, winter, winter 77. How many blackberries grow in the blue sea? How many dark ships in the forest? It's a ballad by, well, I don't know who it is, actually, who wrote it. It's uh, a couple lines that Joan Baez used to sing, and anything Joan Baez sang is in my notebook somewhere. Yes. Nineteen seventy-seven. It's late in the twentieth century. I'm walking to the end of this beach. Shall I write it all here, simply sitting down on this sand, or should I walk to the end, to the place where I can't get through, can't get over these rocks? But then, once having seen it all from that direction, that is going toward the end, should I turn around and write about it on the way back, reflecting then on what is long past? Is it all the same coming and going? I won't remember it right. I'll forget the stagnant tide pool offshore. I'll forget all that when I'm walking next to the surf at the tide's edge where pebbles crack and rattle like hailstones. Maybe it is not possible to get to the end. It always starts again somewhere beyond. I've gotten as far as I am now, I tried to follow the shoreline as closely as possible, keeping one foot on the sand and one foot in the water. There is a place, a place where the rocks can be penetrated, but I always cut my feet and the beach on the other side of those stones looks very much like the one I'm on. My friend Greta is sitting here under a cypress tree. She's bathed in the sun. She has made one trip up the hill to the Belladonna Bar. The old red lanterns are not lit, not yet. It's only afternoon. There is still a long Long evening to be lived. A nostalgia for nightshade is passing over me. My middle age shows. <laughs> Greta says, I'm a pain in the ass. Greta and I have come to the sea to celebrate the annual autumn mysteries. They're the 
Eleusinian, Eleusinian Mysteries of Demeter and Persephone. Yes. Grandmother Rhea, Mother Demeter, and Persephone, the triple goddess. These are the mysteries, they are old, old rites. There's sea bathing, the slaughter of pigs, purification, the final knowing, the rebirth. For thousands of years before Christ, the great goddess kept it all together. (laughs) I want to believe in the past and be cleansed. I want to go home to find my son sitting with a new, let's call her Rapunzel, a new lass. I want to know we're getting somewhere. They're moving on. I want to laugh at them. I'll call them the mermaid and the minotaur. I'll feel a part of all the living and I'll cheer up. I know, I know there is rebirth. Time for a U-turn. Time to begin again beginning. Oh, if only, if only I could wind up, just end this little book. There is a voice, a voice in the passage my left brain goes just so far, then my right brain quit sending messages. There is a voice in the passage between my right brain and my left brain, and it screams, liar! Then it laughs. They say, when thought and feeling come together, words are true. All the feminists tell me so, so who, who is in that passage laughing? They say that ancient wisdom is locked inside us. All the psychics say so. The word is revelation. Word. The force that enables one thing to create another. Metaphor. Words have failed me. The old words were poems of connotations. They rang like bells. The awe is gone. Now, those words, words are only kind or unkind. Is that another lie? Greta wants a drink. Greta's gone to the bar. I walk to the other side of the hill, on the rocks by the water, is a boy's tennis sock. (laughs) An old woman dusts the beach, She's got a metal finder. She's looking for gold, looking for anything she can find. 
I sit here with a bottle of wine until the light is gone. I try to see my ancestors as they crawled out of the sea. Birds flow past me, streaking through time. I fly too. I am flowing faster than ever before. But my mind tells me I'm sitting here. I am so always here and always hearing sea wolves howling, seeing the earth as a graveyard of junked oceanic plates, a fatally fractured skull. Hell, the best of Ireland is submerged. Old rock is always on top. I'll go find Greta and we'll get drunk. She'll say what she always says. Who needs another wasteland and how's your sex life? I'll tell her how the world aches. She'll tell me I can't get away with it. It's only bad art. Walking back to the cypress trees, I smoke a cigarette. It makes me stagger. Germanic blonde children are building a Byzantine sand castle. They pile auburn sea plants outside the moat to protect the sand. Sitting down, I try to write my thought and my feeling in the grains of sand. At first, I write in granulated sugar sand, baby soft, flower fine. Then, I draw larger words in volcanic ash, mixed with frail slivers of seashells. The colors are salmon, charcoal, toast, Clorox white, and telltale gray. Every kind of sediment, stick, and stone is in the background. A living kelp crab crawls out from under a dead kangaroo crab. The stink of iodine and salt are so sharp. Tears come to my eyes. I cannot make a picture on the sand. The Egyptians, I'll tell Greta, the ancient Egyptians, they didn't have a modern language, so they couldn't argue about the meaning of words. Their words were signs, not symbols, really, and that's why they lasted so long, why they stood so still. I make a circle in the sand around myself. I sit inside it. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, time, time, time. And that was 
so very, very long ago. Not half a century, no. Peter is half a century plus six. Plus six. Oh, I'm looking here. (laughs) So many things in the past. So many things at the seashore. In the middle of the night last night, when I was really too tired to sleep, I started watching these wonderful shows about the animals. There's one called Bodivet. That's, um, let's see, uh, B-O-N-D-I, I think is the way it's spelled. It's the name of a veterinarian out in Australia. Chris is his name. Absolutely adorable. Never saw such a gorgeous man on television. Oh, wow, what a knockout he is. He runs around doing all these miracles with little Tasmanian devils. Can't believe how smart he is. Uh, His show has, oh golly, let's see, has about 20, 20-minute spots. I've seen about half of them, and I simply cannot believe these wonders. Uh, This show will turn kids into regular regular doctors. Uh, They'll start studying human anatomy and biology. I, uh, I was flipping out. There was... One scene in which he, he he runs across a little bird. The little bird climbs all over the owner's head and shoulders, and uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. it's chewing itself dangerously. And apparently, uh, the owner is embarrassed. She says the little bird is pleasuring itself. Wonderful way of putting it. And <laughs> they don't know what to do. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> I can't believe it. The most beautiful little yellow bird I ever saw. Uh, they come up with <laughs> the only thing they they can think of. The doctor says to cover her up at five o'clock and keep her in the dark. She has to go to bed early like all bad girls. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful segment. In another segment, there's a little dog. I think they said 15 months old. Anyway... Very small dog that is in love with new baby calves. The older ones he's not so interested in, but he will not leave the newborns alone. He's just just uh, licking them up all over. And the doctor, Bodivet Chris, he he thinks about it and he figures out that these newborns still carry the smell, the smell of the placenta. And uh, uh, the dog's crazy about all that uh, and the pheromones and stuff. And so he scrubs the little calf, the one that's being worried to death by the little dog, uh, scrubs him down with soap and water and puts Vicks VapoRub on the calf. And he says, now the little dog will not like this critter. (laughs) And the little boy who owns the dog... Uh, comes out in the yard holding the little doggy, and the vet says, Loose the beast! And the little dog runs to the calf, and he doesn't like him. It's true, it was true. Now, that is a smart veterinarian. One hell of a talent. Uh, 
I got to write him a letter. I don't think I've ever written to a television star. There's another guy. Uh, I think he's on Animal Planet 2. I'm not sure. He may be on National Geographic Wild. That's a terrific channel with all the animals. And uh, uh, his name is Timothy Bottoms. No, pardon me. He's the son of Timothy Bottoms. Timothy Bottoms is an actor with whom you may be familiar. And his son, uh, he and his son, actually he goes out on (coughs) calls with his son. And both of them take care of the animals. Timothy Bottoms is an actor you may remember. Uh, I will never forget the last scene in a movie called The Last Picture Show. Very old movie. Timothy Bottoms is sitting with Cloris Leachman. They've had an affair, and uh, it's uh, unconventional. She's a much older woman and married. And they have to separate, of course. And uh, he's sitting at her kitchen table, and he cannot even speak to her. He can, well, he can't look her in the eye. And it is oh, oh, so sad. And she just keeps saying to him that it's okay, that it's okay, that it's all going to be all right. I remember when I first saw that movie, I, I could not believe that an adolescent boy could be so incredibly sensitive, tender, whatever the words are, kind, uh, not exactly loving, but he just, well, he he lets his vulnerability uh, hang out. (laughs) He lets her see how incredibly hurt and sad he is. Anyway, that's Timothy Bottoms. He is turned into an old guy now, and he goes off with his son, who's turned into this vet. And they go out and save the animals. Ah, terrific, terrific show. Uh, never mind. I, I've got to stop with the, with the uh, television, <laughs> television reviews. Uh, I did make a list of all the wonderful stuff that's on National Geographic Wild. I, I think if there were nothing else on television, that would be okay with me as long as I can watch uh, the, not just the vets, but the people who own these animals. Uh, the emotional, the emotional outpourings are awesome. All these people saying how the dog or the cat or the guinea pig or the, the little reptile, a uh, 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 black rat snake uh, keeper, yes. These people say it's their family and they love these animals. They sob out loud uh, when that uh, snake, the black rat snake, when it uh, has to be euthanized because has a terrible cancer on the spine and there's nothing else to be done. And the keeper, the uh, woman hired to care for this snake, she has to leave and go in the other room and sob. I, I could not believe it. I don't like to laugh because it's not funny. Uh, the emotion is real. Very real. Uh, anyway, there's a uh, uh, bunch of shows on National Geographic dealing with zoos. One in the Bronx, it's one in Colorado. Some terrific shows with uh, 
not just the endangered animals, but the ordinary little guys, the penguins. <laughs> yes, and there was a there was a pelican last night saved by the Bodhi vet, Bondi vet. I golly, I can't uh, pronounce his name. He he grabs this pelican out of traffic, and the poor pelican is is a mess. But <laughs> uh, he takes him to the clinic and uh, gets him back in shape. It's amazing. I I think they probably, probably uh, film the the good stuff. Well, I mean, they probably edit so that most of the time the audience sees something that uh, is what you would call a a rescue mission. Uh, There is one... One group that goes down to Peru, would you believe it, uh, going all over the world to help these endangered animals. And, of course, uh, this is educational. They're trying to conserve the species. Uh, And today is happy birthday to my youngest son, Peter. He's out in Bolinas, and I hope he's having a good day. I hope you have 56 more big ones, Peter. This is your mother, Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air next week at this same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. It is now 3.30 here at KPFA.